Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Girl Powerful Podcast. We're two sisters on a mission to entertain and educate by learning from women who live a purpose-driven life. Be sure to subscribe and rate our podcast. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Girl Powerful Podcast. Today, I'm talking to my dear friend, Nicole Miller, and she is also a breathwork coach and soon-to-be mama. And that's exactly what we're going to be talking about today is preparing the body for pregnancy, um, mind over matter. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about relationships and how you can communicate with your partner to just help give you a huge, like powerful foundation as a couple. And, you know, when you're doing all the work, essentially, like, so how do you, like stay I don't know, stay positive. And I think that's just probably going to be my biggest issue. I feel is like not being like holding any resentment or anything like that on a day that you don't feel well, or they're getting to live their lives and everything has stopped for you or like things have shifted majorly. Yeah. That's such a good, um, that's such a good point. And you know, there's been two books that have really helped me to come to fruition with this whole journey of motherhood and co-collab with my partner. Mm -hmm. Um, The first book is called Nature versus Nurture. And the second book is called um, Hey Sis, You're Pregnant. Mm -hmm. And both of those books have been God sense for me. I would say they have challenged me. They've inspired me. They've also given me and my partner a foundation in which we can work together. So he feels empowered. I feel empowered. And to be honest, there's definitely been tough conversations we've had to have throughout this journey, um, especially in moments when I feel like my needs aren't necessarily being met. And he's coming from a place of trying to understand but the hormonal imbalance that takes place Mm. is real and the mental and 
physical taxation is real. And he is so intuitive and he is so grounded. And yet there's still um, oftentimes an opportunity for him to learn. Mm. Yeah, I mean, hey, it's a, it's a new thing, right? It's a mystery mm-hmm. to both of you, how you're supposed to mm-hmm. feel and just move forward with like the day-to-day normal things and then grow this beautiful baby in your belly and keep you know your baby healthy as well as yourself there's like so many layers there's so many layers and i will say too as a working like working full-time in addition to doing my breath work one of the things that i've had to balance is my patience Mm -hmm. and my expectations because when i expect that he's always going to be on my level and I tend to find that I get disappointed and that's not a bad thing. It's just shifting your perspective. So many of my priorities have changed now. And one of the biggest things is like not comparing myself to other moms or other couples with this perception of what parenting and relationships should look like and being grounded in the truth that it's messy and that my relationship is very different than any relationship that others are cultivating. Um, and that especially, honestly, being an interracial couple, one of the things, the other layer that we're working through is how do we want to bring a interracial couple or interracial child into this world? And what are the foundations that we want to be building? What, how do we want to um, challenge and inspire and also encourage like unique mindset and yeah. feel safe? What are you? So what can I ask what you and Joe have done? I mean, you're doing kind of like double time, more research, more conversation, right? It's not just this easy thing right now. Yeah. Forever. But again, like it's double the work. We're having, from the time that we decided that we wanted to um, grow our family, the biggest thing that we had to discuss before was a lot of the fear and scarcity around what that means to create a safe and supportive environment. And we needed to be on the same page unequivocally there. And once that took place, then it created this foundation of regardless of all of the trials and tribulations, all the turmoil and all of the unknowns that I do know now with the hormones and um, just you know, uprooting to a new place and creating a new home and a new environment, that foundation still stayed firm. And I think that trust that regardless of all of the other unknowns, that we were still on the same page about the most important thing. And that is my biggest recommendation is if you're making a choice, make a choice to be, to to have your foundation be rooted in your most powerful truth yeah if so you're lucky and you picked wisely who your partner is (laughs) right not that it has always been easy but you know that and you are grateful I'm sure every day that he's by your side but when do you decide hey maybe I'm not going to collaborate on this decision and this is my body this is my experience is that has there been a time or can you go a little deeper into something personal like when you were like hey I gotta do me right now I do the baby right now um I would say in these last six weeks I have been 
pulling inward more than I ever thought possible. Um, and for me, my journey has been a little bit of, I don't want to call it like codependency, but it's been co-collaboration, you know, significantly. And right now I feel very called to just tune inward. I would say probably the start of the third trimester for me was really the biggest shift of things were physically happening and changing and shifting. And I was becoming so much more aware of how much she needed me and how much I was growing and nurturing. And my Joe was just not, he's, he's not as important of a, of a player right now for me, it's okay. Because right now what my journey is about is do I, do I have the mental stability to provide for my child? Do I have the um, physical foundation to provide for my child? Is she getting the nutrients that she needs? Does she have the space that she needs? Um, is, am I staying hydrated? That's a big, big thing. Am I doing my necessary Kegels and my pelvic floor work? Because that's all on me. That's, that has nothing to do with my partner. That has everything to do with me and trusting intuitively into my body. And the bond that shifted for us was at the beginning of that third trimester, she speaks to me in different ways now. And it's sometimes really hard. Um, she hates all the foods that I love now. And so... <laughs> She lets me know. And it's kind of funny, but it's just like this, it's this strength and bond that I can't articulate, but that you just feel. Mm -hmm. And it, my, as a woman, and as someone who wants to see more women step into their truth, um, I would hope that you would trust and what your body is calling for. Mm -hmm. And also trust that even if at first it doesn't feel necessarily like a peaceful decision or a smart decision, the way in which your body is going to nurture you and nurture your baby, if that's a choice you make, is the most powerful and humbling experience that you will ever receive. Yeah. I mean, what would you say to someone that is thinking about being pregnant or is already, and they maybe aren't as deeply rooted in who they are and as like, you know, you spend a lot of time on yourself. I know you and I just, you really do like triple time. Most people, I swear, Nicole, you know, like you really are, you are very connected to your truth and what your destiny is. And I, unfortunately like a lot of people aren't so how could a mom a soon-to-be mom what is something like she could ask herself or like what are some affirmations that she could just start dabbling in that well in let's that see realm? yeah <laughs> um so i i think that it's beautiful that you first see me mm -hmm. thank you teddy for seeing me um and I have a lot of people in my community who are not doing, who are on different paths than me sure. and are still moms and are still thriving. Um, and so some of the questions or maybe affirmations that I would ask is something along the line of what does it look like to indulge in my, in my choices? 
without needing to have an end goal, Mm -hmm. without needing to be so rooted in my truth? Like, how can I still indulge and trust? And another question that I would ask is, am I capable today, even if tomorrow looks different? Yeah. Um, Is that a big part of pregnancy? Like taking every day or even minute or hour by one by one, let's go in order. Yes. It, it, I will also say, you know, I have been so fortunate and I am honest about this. I've been so fortunate with my pregnancy journey. Mm -hmm. Um, yes, I have a supportive partner, but we have had so many of our own trials and tribulations, even in the last nine months. Um, but I also have been, you know, I didn't get sick, but I've had a lot of mental fatigue and that's something that's really is real. And I want to be honest that for those who maybe aren't as grounded in their truth, just asking yourself, can you take one day at a time? Can you trust that you can take one day at a time and that you can listen to your body and that you can find stillness and slow down? I mean, in the last week, I've probably taken, I'm averaging three naps a day. Wow. And for someone who is a very active individual who needs to be, who's historically felt like they have to constantly be moving to be effective, that has been a really humbling um, shift. I believe And so that is something that I'm just taking and trusting that my body needs it. Um, and that's another, you know, comment that I would make for moms who are just kind of trying to explore what this journey could look like for them is trusting that your body's going to give you the tools. Yeah. Right. And then going back to even that first book, like the nature versus nurture is like, that goes into the whole equation of this beyond a partner. It's like, this is a natural experience. Even if you didn't prepare, I mean, that would make it easier but you probably could still do it. (laughs) You absolutely can still do it. Think of how many amazing women are out there who didn't plan, who Mm -hmm. some didn't even have a choice Mm -hmm. and yet still persevered, are still thriving and were able to create such a natural um, part of life. Our bodies are phenomenal. And I think we as a society grossly underestimate that's so true when someone does have the opportunity to really dive into wellness their body their mindset like you're sucking down your water right now and you (laughs) what is something like me like maybe in the next year or so I'll want to prepare my body or should I start now like what is that I know everyone has their own journey but besides a prenatal vitamin that I know is like a big deal what else Mm -hmm. can you do to just maybe just, just maybe I might think about it in a year, you know? <laughs> so I'm going to say it's the both and Teddy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I say the both and in the sense that you can start preparing now and you'll never be fully prepared. Correct. <laughs> I believe it. <laughs> so I actually didn't start taking prenatals until about a month before we wanted to start trying because I just, it, it, it just didn't, it didn't feel, I think, honestly, for me, psychologically, I didn't want to start taking prenatals and then be disappointed. Sure. 
And that was also a layer of scarcity that I had to work through. And so I started taking prenatals a month before. And then for me, it was also physically, where did I want to start getting my body ready? Like I started doing more walks. I stopped doing as much high intensity, but that was just for me personally. That didn't feel supportive for me, but I still, and I started taking yoga. And those were things that were just a little bit more soft in my body, but we're still going to create that flexibility that we're going to still create some of that flow and intentional um, movement. And that was the kind of engagement and that I wanted to continue and routine and ritual that I wanted to continue to um, see play out throughout my pregnancy. Yeah. It's kind of interesting. Like what you, you shifted into feels like more of a feminine vibe, right? <laughs> like so it's, it's so funny. You say that because yeah. I got a reading and historically I've had a lot of masculine energy. Like in yeah. I, I, my masculine energy sometimes overpowers my partners. That's how much masculine energy I have. And a reading came through right before um, we got pregnant and it was all this feminine energy that was flowing. And to your point, that's exactly what I started calling in was more of that divine feminine so that I could just be a little bit more present in this experience of embodying that kind of um, love and connection. Yeah, that I think that that totally just makes sense, right? It's the mm -hmm. most feminine you could ever be. Mm -hmm. a baby. Mm -hmm. So if someone that's a, that's something a good takeaway, I think, is like lean into your feminine being. One other thing that I would lean into, and I and I mean this from a place of so much love, is mm -hmm. use your network. Not in a way that makes you feel like you have to compare yourself, but find a network of people. Um, that you feel like you can trust to be your most authentic self with and your raw self with. Because if I didn't have people that I could reach out to when I was feeling really low, and if I felt like I had to exhibit all of this light and love, then that would fundamentally not be the connection that I was trying to cultivate. Because I'm trying, my truth is not light and love. My truth is the both and. It's embracing this trauma and this, you know, scarcity mindset and this um, dynamic of is, you know, is, am I going to be bringing in a child that is going to be seen and loved and build a connection and is she going to be safe? And it's trusting that I am enough and that my support for her is going to be what helps to propel her. But if I didn't have a network that sometimes on those days when I was feeling really low, um, mentally, physically, and emotionally, then I don't think that I, I think I would be masking a part of fundamentally who I am and part of the experience of just evolving. And then tapping into a doula network and a network for me when I moved to Austin, I started tapping into this um, Black Women's Network because I also wanted to learn more about moms who come from a very diverse background, you know, moms that are on welfare and then moms that are, you know, thriving. And I just wanted to be able to have community in both so that I could just feel a little bit more connected to the holistic journey. And just the biggest thing that I found 
was that we're all just trying to navigate. Mm. Yeah, that's true, right? There's not always the correct answer, but there's a correct answer maybe for you when you go inward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not always in a book, even though we no. can refer to them, but we can. it's just like, hey, I've got to feel this one out. Mm-hmm. So when you seek that community and you you do compare like try not to compare I mean what how do you do that like when you pick up the phone and look at like <laughs> when I figure it out I'll let you know yeah but I mean <laughs> it's just a very natural feeling but it's like it is we all know that highlight real thing and on Instagram but even other people's journeys like when Mother's Day happened and people you know are doing IVF or they're a lesbian couple and there's just so many versions of having a baby yeah like I don't know. I think it's really an interesting thing. And how do you decide what you're actually going to share about yours and what you're like, this is sacred. I'm going to keep this private and within that community that you do trust. I think that's a great question. Um, I think you have to trust what feels supportive for you Mm -hmm. and know that at the end of the day, you're the only one who needs to, to feel seen and heard it not everyone else doesn't need to hear and see you if it doesn't feel supportive for you first and foremost yeah I feel like that would be a nice time to like not be on Instagram (laughs) yeah I mean there's a lot of people yeah who are struggling and who um you know last last year was really an interesting Mother's Day for me because it was the first Mother's Day since I had my miscarriage. And I have had a lot of friends who've gone through journeys who are just now starting to open up and experiences like that, as much as you wanna be supportive and encouraging, it does open a wound. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it took a lot, I mean, it, it, it takes time. One, it takes time. And then two, it it just has to it has to feel right for you. And no one else can tell you how to choose what and when to share. That's something that you have to ask yourself. Yeah, that's true. I mean, we all learned from Kylie Jenner that it's possible to never tell anyone you're pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> right? You're like, yes. I'm just gonna go off the grid for a minute but that's yep. really not reality probably. Um, did you have anything else like that you really were like, this is something I would really like to tell people about their mind, body, soul connection during the pregnancy or something that just is coming to you about this time in your life? Start creating a ritual for yourself. And whether that's five minutes, once a day, five minutes, once a week, sit with yourself. Because there's so many times when everyone is demanding your time and your energy. And it's those five minutes when I I can sit with myself and I can either cry or I can laugh or I can just be still that she communicates with me the most. Mm-hmm. Or that I just feel a little bit more connected to myself. And I'll I'll do some deep breaths. 
I'll always, I always close my eyes because when I can go inward and I can just close my eyes and I can see that darkness, it's not a bad thing. It just gives me a space to have a blank canvas. Mm. What are you hearing from your baby? Do you like hear? No, I don't hear her. No, I don't hear her in that way. Yeah. Um, It's just her movements. Mm -hmm. And it's just this beautiful, um, it's just this beautiful reflection of um, this life that you're bringing in. And I never thought I wanted to have kids. It wasn't on my radar. I was scared. I just didn't feel like I was going to be a good mom. Um, and now I just, she reminds me that it's going to be okay. But if everything else falls apart, we're still going to have each other. Yeah. Best friend. And that's what I'm so grateful for. Oh, that's what I'm so grateful for. <sighs> yeah. I know it's so special. It's so special. Yeah. And it's okay if it, people, if, if that's not a choice you make also. Right. That's so true. Um, how, old are you? how old are you now? Um, I'm almost 34. 34. So is that a geriatric pregnancy? Or are they calling 35 it? is called a geriatric oh. pregnancy. Can you imagine? Like, I'm like going to be like, dude, doctor, don't ever call me. <laughs> I don't care if that's what you need to say yeah. to like get the point across. But that's like such a cringy, like negative word that's not necessary. It's so negative. And it's sad too, because our society is just, we're evolving and we are having kids at a later age. Mm-hmm. And so to be earmarked as something is part of the reason why I have such a distaste for certain, you know, structures. Mm-hmm. Because they want to label us and that, in fact, has no definition to define who I am. Yeah, correct. And also, like, who you are and even what your body's capable of. Because Mm-mm. there's, like, people have eggs that are, like, younger in them and all those kinds of things. And, like, they label your eggs at a certain age, I've heard. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you don't know me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you just walk into the hospital <laughs> yelling, you don't know me. <laughs> ay, ay, ay. <laughs> How did you find a good OBGYN? Um, Through a lot of research Research. and research and going, you know, being in a new place. I didn't, I, I, I I tapped into that network, that black mama's network. Mm -hmm. um, And they gave me some recommendations and I researched those recommendations. And then I actually saw three OBs because interview them right like take yeah you time. have you interview them because mm-hmm. you are going to be spending so much of your time with them and <laughs> believe it or not you know you 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 create a bond and the first two that i interviewed were so stagnant and stale and they had tremendous reputations but intuitively i didn't feel that connection mm-hmm. i felt like i was another number that they had 15 minutes to give me and that was it. Yeah, transactional. Very transactional. Where is it did you interview all women? Yes, I did. Yeah, I would. Um, I did. I did yeah. just because 
you know, I, but interestingly enough in this practice, she's got three other partners. Mm -hmm. And so there is, and one of them is a male. So there is a slight chance that I could have him end up delivering. But I will say for me, once I made the choice and I wanted to start on this journey, I also was really clear that even though I was creating a birth intention, um, I call it a birth intention, not a birth plan. Um, Mm -hmm. But this birth intention, I knew part of that for me was going to be having an OB that was a woman that had a balance of holistic medicine and was going to be that I felt called energetically to. Mm -hmm. And that was just a decision that I knew I wanted as part of my journey. What, so go back to birth intention. Is that, are you calling it that just because things change or you don't wanna have a lot of pressure on the situation, it's already enough? So the traditional labeling is this birth plan. Mm -hmm. Um, And I call it a birth intention because that exact reason that an intention is just setting a framework. But I'm also deeply trusting into the fact that there are probably 1 million things in my control (laughs) and just as equal things that are outside of my control. Yeah. And so my intention is just the framework for which I trust into my body and my environment that I can influence and impact. Everything else is in God's hands. Yes. What is one of your non-negotiables that you feel at least you can control? Um, One of my non-negotiables is having a natural birth. Okay. Um, And it's a (laughs) non-negotiable only to a very short extent. Um, It's a non-negotiable until I'm like, oh, that feels uncomfortable. And, but no, just kidding. My doula and my partner have been very clear to communicate that when, I, if I feel this tremendous amount of discomfort, I'm also not using the word pain, mm-hmm. um, but this tremendous amount of discomfort that they are coaching me through, reminding me to tap back into my affirmations of I am enough and I am capable and that this is a natural part of life mm-hmm. and that my body has, it's, it's holding the vessel to support giving birth to my child. Um, and another non-negotiable for me is practicing my breath work so that I can tap into, and I can tune into this almost like a hypnosis state through the breath. And that for me is one of the things that I, you know, every time I stub my toe or every time I like, I hit myself on the corner of the, of the. Um, cabinet or the counter, I start practicing those breaths right away before I have any sort of alternative response, because that's coaching my body to when I have some of those short um, exertions of stress response, that I can actually, my body's capable of bringing back to like a state of homeostasis. Are you using traditional Lamas or is, are there other breathwork practices and like that you have researched um, and figured out work for your body the best? Yeah, I'm doing um, three different ones. So I'm actually doing the traditional Lamas, um, but I'm also doing a breath. It's called breath for balance. Hmm. And that is like a, 
for me, I found it to be, it, it channels like my inner animal. Ooh. And I mean, hello. <laughs> this is an it's very primal. Opportunity. It's very primal. <laughs> um, and so that's been really great because it's every minute I am, it's this. <laughs> and it's pulling from my pelvic floor wow. all the way up. And so that's been really great. Um, and then the other one is just a, a conscious connected breath. Yeah, I feel, I feel like that primal one could be exciting. Oh yeah, we'll see. Even beyond the birthing person. room. Yeah, even beyond the birthing room. <laughs> <laughs> well, Nicole, you have been so open and vulnerable and kind to share this time with me. We always end our podcast with this question. What makes you feel most alive? That is a beautiful question. What makes me feel most alive, honestly, is when I see the fundamental impact that I'm making. Mm. Wow. And I, I, feel deeply service with other people. Um, and so when I'm making an impact with others and to others, that creates a surge of energy that's just a ripple effect. Um, and I think even channeling just my mom energy right now, every time that I feel like I'm doing something that's truly nourishing for her, I feel this surge of energy and I know that I'm creating the vessel that she needs. So that is when I feel most alive. That's so beautiful. Thank you so much, Nicole. Your words. Thank are, you for having me. You're so special. And I love you. And I love you. Good luck. Thank you. <laughs> uh, wait, where can everybody find you if they want to check out your breathwork coaching? Um, my website. Uh, which is in my on my Instagram homepage. So you can find me there. I'm also taking one or two more private clients right now. I'm still being really cautious with my time with privates, but I have an opportunity where you can book a one-on-one -on -one and we can see if it makes sense uh, for us to be more consistent with our journey together. Is your ideal client anybody or are you going to focus on moms now? No, I'm not going to. I still really feel called to talk to anyone. And so I'm really keeping an open mind around what that looks like. But my Instagram is Nicole M. H. Miller. And that's where you can find me. All right, my love. Thank you so much. And we'll thank you. you. Bye. Bye. Thanks to our guest. For more information on her, see the show notes. Please hit subscribe if you have not already. That way, a new episode is delivered directly to your feed every week.